We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Hello, my beautiful friend, and welcome back to the Positively Real Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Brittany King, and I got a special solo episode for you today. I had a different episode scheduled, and then the other day when I was finishing up my work day, my daughter came into my office because now she's at the age where she tells me that I'm done with work. (laughs) She'll go, mama, where are you? Uh, But on this particular day, she came in and was so fascinated by the microphone. And I was telling her about podcasting and she kept going, podcast, podcast. So I decided to hit record and it just, the little tiny voice, it's just the whole, just truly behind the scenes of what it's like. And it's just so beautiful. And I cannot wait to listen to this back in years from now and to remember what a special moment that was. So you'll get to hear if you stick to the end of the episode, you'll get to hear a little podcast guest at the very end, but it got me thinking. And I realized I haven't done a mama episode in a while. And as you know, motherhood is a big part of my journey and I am learning so much about my self and the world and my family and so many different things that I just, you know, I kind of knew, but I didn't know. (laughs) I feel like it's really important to share some of my takeaways because they don't just apply to being a mom. I really think that they're universal, uh, but they definitely ring so true in this season of my life. So this mama milestone is my daughter will be turning two in a couple days on February 22nd, 2022. Yes. two twenty-two twenty-two, the most magical date at five 59 in the morning after six hours of labor, Ellie joy entered the world. Oh my God. I could cry thinking about it. Whenever I do my morning breath work and I'm prompted to think about a moment in time where I feel so much gratitude. I always go back to this moment where Ellie was born. It was just such a whirlwind of an experience mixed with getting to meet this tiny human for the first time, this little soul that I already felt so connected with. And as soon as I saw her face, there's this picture of me seeing her for the first time. I didn't even know we were having a girl seeing her for the first time. And my face is just pure joy. And I will never forget that moment ever, forever and ever, even when she is a teenager and she rolls her eyes at me and when she's an adult and all the things I just will always remember that moment. And now as she is entering her toddler error, There are so many times where I stare at her in just her pure essence and I take these mental snapshots and it's almost like a photo of the heart 
And I just sit in that as long as I can, because I can, even as I close my eyes, I can picture the silhouette of her face and her nose and her eyes. And I just want to burn it into my mind because I truly believe these are the best days of our life. Like just getting to be together. She's not in school yet. And we get to spend a lot of quality time together and have all these special moments and go on adventures. And gosh, I've loved every stage, but the past, I'd say six months or so have really taken love to the next level. Just when I think I cannot love another human more than I do, I see her and her face lights up and my heart just melts into a puddle. And then mix that with the relationship she has with my husband. It's like, I just, (laughs) overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. Sometimes I'll just watch the two of them and I just get so emotional and I feel so grateful that my daughter can have such a beautiful, loving relationship with her dad who genuinely wants to be in her life and not just in her life, like in it, but he is so present when he's with her. He prioritizes her and me and our family time and he works so hard and his schedule is incredibly full yet he comes home from work and he's all in. And when I watch them and just, when they have their moments, just the two of them and seeing their special bond, it makes me so happy for her. I tell her all the time. I'm like, I'm so happy for you. (laughs) The fact that I get to give my daughter an experience that is so opposite of mine and that she really gets to have that love from her father and the time that they spend together. And it just makes me emotional. And I'm so grateful for that. And all of that came from deep conscious work of transforming my life from the inside out. And so seeing that happen in real time is kind of mind blowing. Because I know how easy it is to fall into patterns and end up with partners that are similar to parents. And it's kind of crazy that I have completely done a 180 of my life, like (laughs) beyond anything I could ever imagine. The other thing that just blows my mind is before Ellie was born, after I had the miscarriage, one of the visions that I kept having was our kids running in the backyard Um, playing. We have this big hill and running down it and running up it and Brian running and Benji running and just spending a lot of time outside. And when I had the miscarriage, like that image kind of crumbled and disappeared and vanished because the miscarriage just essentially crushes any vision that you have of the future. But what's been so crazy since Ellie's been starting to walk and is so mobile and on the go and running everywhere is we spend almost every afternoon outside. And that vision is like now 
real life, like her running up in the hill and saying, mama, come. And we have this wash in our backyard and going on an adventure in the wash and going into the rocks and the desert. And it just blows my mind. Like, I don't think it'll ever stop blowing my mind. Like I know that if it stops blowing my mind, I have to bring it back to the present moment and bring it back to gratitude and all the abundance I have around me of love and pure joy, like the abundance of joy that fills my life right now is more than I could have ever imagined. And so just taking those moments and pausing and just taking a picture with my heart, it's been the best thing ever. Like it is so calming and brings me so much satisfaction. And I've said this before on the podcast and I will keep saying it. It's just the contentment that I feel in my life of like, I don't need anything else. And all of that contentment is not from the external. It's literally from how I feel inside. And it's taken years and years and years of deep work to feel that way and no longer be looking on the outside to feeling that contentment, but really creating that feeling of contentment and fulfillment from within. That to me is success, inner success, feeling the joy, feeling the love, being in alignment, doing things in my life that lights me up, being around the people that light me up. Like that's success to me. No longer do I think success is scaling my business or making a certain amount in my business or having full classes. And that's just a very surface level way to measure success. The way that I've been measuring success is how I feel on my insides. And I feel like this milestone of having a two-year-old is really bringing all of that to light. So I wanted to share some of my biggest lessons. Some of them are repeats. Some of them are new because now that I'm in this new season with a toddler, but again, this doesn't just apply to if you are a parent, a mom, uh, or if you want to become one, uh, this also applies if just if you're a human being, not everything, but a lot of it does. And um, I think that if you listen through, there might be something that resonates with you. This is in no particular order. It's kind of just my brain dump of the stuff that I've been learning, taking in, practicing, embodying, being challenged by all of the things. So the first thing that is so important to being a parent and just a human is self-regulation. And the reason being is when there's a tiny human that is has a lot of human emotions and their brain is not developed yet, they're just emotional balls. That's what they are. They have no, like their prefrontal is not developed. They are constantly just reacting. And that's age appropriate. What's not age appropriate is when an adult has tantrums and reacts, but not to be judgmental of myself because I'm learning this. Becoming a parent is so triggering. And at first it was triggering in a different way when I felt like, you know, when I, my insides came out (laughs) and all the stuff that was like tucked down deep into my subconscious comes bubbling to the surface. But now it's more triggering because like the tiny human now has thoughts and opinions and emotions and tells you what they like and what they don't like. And you just never know when it's going to change. And there's a lot of intense emotions. And when you're not regulated and you 
cannot self-regulate, your child cannot self-regulate. And again, you could insert anybody into that sentence. It doesn't have to be child, but in order to co-regulate with someone, you need to be able to self-regulate. And a lot of the challenges that I've had from my childhood was because of I had an inability to self-regulate and I was not in a household where that self-regulation was a thing. And I think you could probably relate to this. There was a lot of explosive emotions and a lot of avoidant behaviors and a lot of shutdown. And so I just learned all of that through my environment. It's not blaming. It's just what happened. And I'm sure you might have had some sort of similar experience. So now I'm over here as a parent and I'm like, oh, can I do this differently? I don't know how to do this. So where do I begin? I start with myself. I start with how to regulate my own emotional responses. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Have I had some less than perfect parenting moments where I lose my shit and then go into a shame spiral after? Absolutely. But each time that it happens, which now it's becoming less and less, I become better at managing my emotional reactions. Like I can tell when I'm getting past the point where I could even handle my emotions. And I use the tiny little bit of cognition that I have available to me to either remove myself, do a breathing exercise or something that's going to help bring my nervous system down so I can choose to respond and not react because mom rage is a real thing. And when your window of tolerance is super small, it's very hard to manage. Even like if you know what's happening, it doesn't matter because it's kind of like you have a bucket and every time something happens, you fill the bucket, you fill the bucket, you fill the bucket. And then like one last bit of water gets in the bucket and it's too much and it overflows. It's kind of like that with parenting. If you don't self-regulate, if you don't manage your stress responses, one little thing like your child throwing oatmeal across the room after you've told them not to multiple times is going to it's going to set you off it's going to set you off now what's important is not that you have to be perfect this is what i've learned what's important is that you own your reaction you own your emotions you don't put your emotions on your child and then you repair and i've been learning this over and over again and it's really hard but it's so powerful. And I'm so grateful to even have the understanding of what to do, because if not, the shame spiral would be so real all the time. And then what covers up shame is anger and rage. And so instead of feeling shame, I think I would just build even more rage and anger, but I've slowly been working through those emotions and it's not, let me tell you, it is not easy, but I made a commitment to myself about halfway through. I think Ellie was seven months, made a commitment to myself that I was going to do the inner work because I wanted to stop this generational trauma. And I know that I'm not doing it perfectly. And I know there's only so much that one can do to stop that that generational trauma, but I'm doing my part. And the moments where I'm less than perfect, the beginning, I was having such a hard time because I was falling into perfectionist tendencies of me being a perfect mom and not, you know, always keeping my cool and staying calm. And those were the moments that I really had the biggest shame spiral. But after what I've been learning is after I have a reaction, 
then emotion comes up and then that's my opportunity to process the emotion. And what's been so beautiful is when these instances have happened, I demonstrate to Ellie how to sit with an emotion, process an emotion, and then repair and bring back connection. Because when there's a disconnect, there's lack of safety, but connection can happen pretty quickly by just owning your shit. And this has been probably the biggest lesson that I've learned in these two years. And it is hard. It has been so challenging, um, but so rewarding in the same way. And the other night we were having dinner and Ellie was just, I mean, ping-ponging off the wall, didn't want to eat, wanted to walk, wanted to color. Like it was, it was like just full-blown toddler mode, right? And Brian and I were talking and we were both so calm and we were just letting her do her thing, have her emotions. And I, we were talking, I'm like, this is why it's so important that we're both regulated because we can come home from working and our window of tolerance is not minimized and we can hold space for her emotions. Now, if we both came home from work and we were both burnt out from the day and we were overwhelmed from our tasks and we weren't present, we would have very little tolerance for that behavior and we would end up yelling and it would just create more disconnect. Now, not to say that those moments won't happen because they might, but it's just the contrast of that, of wow, the importance of self-regulation. Cause it's like two different nights could happen. One night could have zero tolerance and have such a low window of tolerance and feel like anything's going to set you off. Or another night where you're, you had time for yourself and your window of tolerance is much wider and you are more flexible within your nervous system and your stress responses. And then things don't set you off. They might annoy you, but you don't end up getting past that point where I call the of no return. <laughs> I call it. It's so intense. I've been triggered before in my life, but not way I have with my toddler. It is wild. It is wild, but every single time something happens, I feel like I get to know myself better. And I, I, it also feels like I've been able to strengthen my bond with my daughter. And that brings me to my other mama lesson is your kids don't need a perfect parent. They need a real one. They need one that can demonstrate what it is like to self-regulate to repair, to own their stuff. Like that's so much more important than trying to be perfect and do all of the things and not be, not have reactions. We are not robots. We are human beings and we have stress responses and it's just a part of being a human. It's not about not having stress responses unless, you know, you think you can go Zen Buddhist monk on me, but truly it's about learning how to manage them and work with them and create that flexibility within your body. When a stress hormone is released, being able to come back down to a more balanced state, because that's the goal. Like when your window of tolerance is really small, because you have all these little micro stresses and you're not completing the stress cycle. So they're just building and building and building and making your window smaller and smaller and smaller. So then when something happens, it just sets you off and it's really hard to come back down and you kind of get stuck in this fight or flight response. And then if you're there too much or you tend to shut down or withdrawal, then you get stuck off. And so the goal is to find this lovely flexibility in the middle and learning all about this 
in tandem of becoming a parent and then also having a toddler has been life-changing, truly life-changing. What else? So at the end of the day, learning that you know what's best for your babies and your family. Um, there's so much noise and there's so much information. And what I've been really practicing is turning off the noise and turning on my intuition and just listening to what's best for us. That of being like, oh, does she need to be in this activity? And does she need to be this? And she be she in school right now? It's like, this is what's best for us. And I don't need to listen to what other people tell me. And when I am hundred percent unsure, I will seek out guidance that is aligned with my beliefs and how I want to parent. And I find that that has been so much more helpful than just consuming all of the things and having all the different people tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing this one. You're not going to be surprised by this, but make time for yourself. Period. Your well-being is essential to the family unit. The times that I am triggered and the times that I have such a hard time like managing my stress response is when I didn't work out, I didn't meditate, I didn't make time for myself, I just jumped into my day and didn't give myself the space for me. And those are the times where I am the most triggered. The days that I have my workout, I get to do my breath work routine and my gratitudes, I am just in such a different headspace. And that ripples into the whole entire family. And if you don't make time for yourself, it's really doing everybody around you a disservice. Make time for yourself. And then that also goes with make time for your partner. Continue to date your partner. That's something that Brian and I have been really conscious and aware of. We love spending time with Ellie and we quite honestly love doing things together with her. We love going on vacations. Like we just love doing all of it. And we also love time for the two of us. So we have made a very conscious effort to do that. Even if it's just a random hour on a work week or a quick trip and just the two of us it's been so helpful because that's when we get to really check in with each other and have real conversations of how everything is going and asking each other what, what we need and how we're feeling emotionally. And also like where their capacity is at. You can't just assume that your partner's capacity is as big as yours, or maybe it's smaller. You have to have that conversation with them because when you have a smaller capacity and your partner has a wider one, they may be able to pick up the slack a little and vice versa. And that's kind of how Brian and I do things. Like I can tell when his window of tolerance is smaller and we can talk about it. And I can just, you know, based off of the type of week that he's had. And then I tend to do more on the Ellie front and then vice versa. If I'm completely exhausted or I've have a lot on my plate or I feel overwhelmed, he, he subs in and he's been so great. Cause he also knows how much like things that I like to do, um, that are outside, you know, normal working hours. And so he's been so like, because we've communicated and I've told him what I need and what's important to me. Um, we really have this very open, transparent dialogue, and we have to continue to have it. And that brings me to the next thing that I've learned is do not expect your partner to read your mind. This is always, but specifically with a child, Brian and I have always been on the same page should for the most part, like 99% of the time we're on the same page. There's like this 1% time where we're not. And then we figure out why, and we get there together. 
But with having a child, it's even more important to constantly be communicating and not thinking that the other person can read your mind and not having expectations. Because anytime I have felt resentment, it's because I have an expectation that I have not voiced and it's not being met. And that's not Brian's responsibility. That is my responsibility. So that's been huge. And it's been so helpful because I feel like our relationship and our partnership is even stronger because of that. Um, what else have I learned? Oh, I mean, honestly, like I, I was always into kids. Like I went to school to be a teacher. I was a babysitter. I never worked with like little, little kids. I always worked with a little bit older. And honestly, I am just mind blown by babies and toddlers and how brilliant they are. Seriously, watching them make sense of the world and how quickly they learn and how quickly they regurgitate everything you say and how much they get it. Having conversations with Ellie is so much fun because she gets it. And I love listening to her language or her interpretations of things. And it seriously is the coolest thing ever. I never thought I'd be this person, but I am. (laughs) I love it. And it's also so amazing how intuitive things are for kids. Like, obviously, like they're watching us and they're guiding, but there's so many things that Ellie does that I'm just like, I didn't teach you that. Like, you just have, it's, it's your intuition. And it reminds me of what my intuition is and my essence. And honestly, like being with my daughter is almost like a mirror into my own essence and helping me remember who I am at my core. And it's pretty, it's wild. Oh my gosh. I just love her so much. I just love her so much. Um, what else? Everything is temporary. This is something that I remind myself, even like those tough seasons or those tough moments, they don't last forever. And I even think of like the early, early days where, you know, postpartum anxiety and just everything felt like upside down. I felt like I was having an identity crisis and just completely lost in a way. And that was temporary. And even just like this season of life that I'm in and shifting from, you know, working, you know, full-time coaching, having a full load of clients to cutting that in half and have like working way less than I ever have in my whole entire life, like taking the time so I can like enjoy this season. Like that's not forever. There will be a time where I will have way more time and I might fill up my practice again. Who knows? It's just so crazy to think that those moments that you're in, you're like, this is how it's always going to be. And it's not everything is forever changing. There's always transitions that are happening. Like present moments are becoming past moments like this. And it's so important to remember that and just continue to be in the present moment as much as you can, which I know is a tall order, but even for like just a couple of minutes a day to be just dropping in and taking in everything that's happening around you is so important. And it's been so important for my journey. What else I wrote down? Oh yes. This has been also very important. Uh, Being a mom is my role. One of my roles. I have different hats that I wear, different roles. And while they're all great and they make, they are part of me, they're not me. They're not me at my essence. And being able to distinguish that's been huge. And I think continuing to have my podcast and coach and 
teach and do all the things helps me maintain and express my essence. Like all the things that I do, like a coach, my coach, being a coach is a role. Being a spin instructor is a role. Leading breath work classes is a role. All that stuff is a role. So it's me wearing a hat, but who I am at my core, my essence is how I express myself and how I share who I am. And that will never change being a mom or not. And it's really easy to kind of lose yourself in that identity or that role of being a mom and forgetting like your essence is who you are at your core. And that never, that's always going to be the same. So that's been a really big lesson that I've learned in these two years. The other thing that I was not expecting, which I should have expected, but wow, the, the feeling of living with your heart outside of your body is real. I didn't think it'd be possible for my heart to grow as much as it has. I think all of the work that I've done on myself has opened up my heart in ways that I didn't know was possible. Um, And it's incredible. Like the capacity for love really blows my mind. Just love for Ellie, Brian, our family, our life. Like just every day I go to bed with my heart, just like beating and pounding and I like warmth coming out of it. And for a long time, I did not feel anything in my heart space. So that has been such a beautiful experience for me. And I feel so grateful to have that. And the other thing that I've learned is the fear never goes away. <laughs> like what you sign up for as a parent is like, there's always going to be this fear that something could get taken from you and you can live your life in fear and it's very limiting and it makes you not get to be and live to the fullest, or you can acknowledge that it's there and that fear is trying to protect you. It's a very important primitive emotion. And when it's there, acknowledging that it's there and also redirecting to what's true in the present moment, because it's true. Anything can change at the blink of an eye and someone that has like experienced trauma from her childhood always kind of grew up waiting for the next shoe to drop. It's always very hypervigilant, kind of looking for like what could go wrong. And that really started to translate big time with postpartum anxiety, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but I've learned that I'm not trying to get rid of it because fear is a very important emotion that has us pay attention and be alert. I just now know how to redirect it and acknowledge it and also bring myself back into the present moment. And that's been also such a big, beautiful lesson. And all these things that I'm sharing, I'm applying to every part of my life. So those are, those are my mama lessons right now. Those are the ones that are really off the top of my head. The other thing I want to share is if becoming a mom or a parent is not a part of your path or you're questioning it or you're indecisive about it, that's okay. It's not for everyone. And honestly, that's a good thing. It doesn't have to be for everyone. It's so easy to see everybody, you know, getting married and having kids and doing the whole thing and following what they think, you know, was like the next steps. And we live in a time where everything is different and it doesn't have to be the traditional way. You know, becoming a parent completely turns your whole entire world upside down, Uh, taking care of a tiny human and helping them grow into who they're meant to be without projecting your own stuff onto them is 
really freaking hard and it's not for everyone and that's okay. So I also want to touch on that in case you're listening and you're unsure if you want to become a parent and just know that it's okay if you're unsure. And if you can't decide and you think your clock is ticking, which it's not, just know that you can make a decision right now and say, I'm choosing right now to not be a parent, but that doesn't mean you can't change your mind down the road or tomorrow. So that's okay. But don't let external pressure or people talking about parenthood try to sway you in one way or the other, like own your decision and have your own back and don't let external voices that like to give their opinions influence how you feel about you and your life and how you're living it. Because listen, there's pluses and minuses to every thing. So I just wanted to share that as well in case that is the um that's the route that you are taking. The other thing that I'm this comes to mind is also if you wanted to become a parent and that has not been your path. And I just want to acknowledge if you are listening to this episode, how hard that is as well, and how your feeling is completely valid. And there's other people out there that feel that way too. And, you know, coming to that place of acceptance with yourself and knowing that maybe your path looks different than others. There's so many ways to continue to grow that capacity for love that might not look like the traditional way, but truly ways that you can embody the same love as becoming a parent. So I wanted to touch on that too, because I think that it's not so black or white. I'm just sharing my experience and my milestones because this is a very big part of my journey and life. Um, So I hope that you got something from this episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen and to celebrate. Now you get to hear the podcast guest that has ever existed in all of the land. All right, my friends, until next time. Keep talking to the microphone. Ellie, are you almost two? Yeah. Can you say podcast? Podcast. <laughs> you don't want to eat the microphone. Are we going to sing happy to you? Yeah. Whose birthday is it? Whose birthday is it? No. Okay. Hi. Can you say hi? Hi. Can you say, I'm Ellie. I'm Ellie. And it's almost my birthday. Oh, and I like it. Are we going to celebrate you? Yeah. How are we going to celebrate? Two. Yeah. Celebrate two. Are we going to go choo-choo train and nay? Ellie, what's your favorite thing to do? Oh. Go to the park? What else do you like to do? Oh. What is that? Yeah, podcast. This is Ellie's first podcast with Mama. Ellie, do you know that when you came into the world two years ago, you changed our life for the better? No. She's the one that I go. Yeah, you think all aboard. Do you go all aboard with Daddy? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay.